0: This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. Today on The Less Stressed Life, we have Beth Montpas. She became a life coach after 16 years of marriage, ended in divorce, and rewriting her own story led to a personal development journey that she now shares with others. Her mission is to help others improve their life, no matter how tired, stressed, overwhelmed, and worried they are. She helps women that want fewer to-do lists, more contentment, more confidence, and less negative self-talk. Speaks to everyone's everyone's feelings today. So welcome, Beth. Hello, yeah. So I hello, met, hello. I met Beth, not, I didn't really get to meet her in person. We were at the same conference and then there was a group, um, supporting the conference afterwards where she was talking about personality tests. And so I really want to talk about personality tests, but of course we want to also talk about Beth and your story. So Beth, let's hear it. Um, you're a neighbor over in a Midwestern state from me and you have a bit of a story on how you landed. Like, how do you even become a life coach? Tell us how this happened.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I have, live in Iowa and have a beautiful family. And we were outside in 2008 raking leaves as a family. We have these big oak trees. And my husband and I are raking leaves, four little kids on the trampoline. And at that time, they were had a five-year-old, twins that were eight, and a 12-year-old girl. And my husband says, while we're raking leaves, when the kids go to bed tonight, let's talk. And I was like, I bet he wants to go on vacation. And so Sunday night, 8 p.m. rolls around and I head to the kitchen for a couple of glasses of red wine and I meet him in the hallway with two ice waters and I think we're going to head in by the fireplace. And he said, let's go to your office. And I honestly, Christina was like, I don't think we're going on vacation and we sat down, and he said, "I'm going to cut to the chase." I got a new place, and I'm leaving tomorrow." and i I had to look over my shoulder, like,Oh am I on candid camera?" Mm. And it was the biggest rug of life, like ripped out from underneath me. We didn't have a bad marriage. We didn't have a good marriage. But I was committed to the nth degree to make the best marriage we had with the raw materials that we had. So it was such a surprise that he had been thinking about it for a couple of years and then he literally left the next day. And I cried on my kitchen floor for nearly two years. How was I going to emotionally and physically and financially take care of these kids. And it was, you know, I, after crying for a while, you do decide I am done with these tears and I'm ready to be happy. And I realized my happiness did not walk out the door when he did. And, and so I put together a cabinet of women, like women that could hold me up and, and I ran decisions through and who knows a lawyer and how do you, you know, how do you manage all of this? And I I, truly, one of the things that helped me was this community of women. And that's why I was so set on building more community because people like to lone wolf things, you know, they just, they, they stay home, pull the covers over their head and um, stay in misery. And I was one of those people that just said, boy, together we're better. And I, at 10 p.m. when the kids would go to bed and I finally got the day's work done, I would invite these women to come over and we would commiserate about my life. And I feel like having that cabinet or that community around me is what saved me. But after I sort of reinvented myself, I had been in sales all of my life and I was working out of my home. My husband was actually, my first husband was a stay-at-home dad. And I feel like that was sort of like the beginning of the end because he lost himself. But when when I had to reinvent myself and figure out, wow, I uh, I get to still do the things th- that I want to do, and they're they're not exclusive of my husband. When he left, my happiness can still happen. And I felt very empowered to help other women become, you know, redesign their life or reinvent themselves. And so five years ago in um, 2014, 2015, I became a life coach and a speaker and a trainer, and I am passionate about helping women redesign their life. And uh, yes, I did the uh, online dating. I've been remarried now for seven years, and I'm so grateful that that first husband left me I can say that now right yeah well
0: my um, aghast gasped I gasped at the story because this does come out of nowhere and actually and interestingly enough if we would stereotype right a lot of women are in the stay-at-home mom position right there's probably I don't know that there's a statistic about this. But statistically, there's probably more women that stay at home than men. And maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, So I think about people just like being at home and stewing about things and not communicating them. And I think like how toxic um, to let that eat you up and not communicate that out. And I love how you talked about how your happiness isn't hinged on a person. And I see that all the time in the in society is that people are hinging happiness on a person on an election on, on this other person. Like if this person would just do this, I would be happy. If this person would just do this, I'd be happy. They were hinging it on this other person and you liberated yourself from that, whether you wanted to or not. Um, the other thing is you said you cried on the floor for two years. I mean, really like, It's always nice to see things we sometimes when we hear these stories it's like it's easy to say, Oh, okay, like now we get to see Beth's like chapter ten, but when it was back in like chapter two of how she was recovering from this, oh my gosh, how long did it take to come out of um, I wouldn't call it, I don't know if I want to call it, I don't want to put words into your mouth. Not, not, like I would feel quite depressed about this, right? Like crying on my floor. Yeah. Um, how long did it take to kind of pull yourself back up and to find this cabinet and to find that this, this was like the creation of something new? How long before you felt like yourself again?
1: In two years. It really was quite a process. And so when, you know,
0: I always get
1: text messages from people that said, my neighbor, her husband just left her or my sister. Oh my gosh. You know? And so I, how I started my life coach is what I call like a coffee cup ministry where I would just go sit at a coffee shop and listen to somebody who's just been left. And I would listen generously. And then I would say, it's going to be okay. You know, it's almost like if you, you just want to wish away that like first year or that year and a half, because it's so tough I remember having the exact same conversation with many friends and the conversation was, I can't believe he left me for her. So there was another person in the story and, and I just was in such disbelief. Here I am a salesperson. I'm successful. I'm a successful in other areas of my life. And I couldn't sell my own husband to keep his family. He didn't just walk out on his Wife, He walked out on his whole life. And so it was disbelief. And I had an aunt who had been divorced years ago. And she called me and she said, I have one piece of advice for you. Get a really good therapist, because your friends get tired of talking about this before you do. And I remember thinking, now I love therapists, so I'm not bashing therapists at all. I always have a therapist and they're they're life-changing. But I said back to her, oh, you have no idea how many friends I have. <laughs> I will just use my community. I will just reach out. And from the very beginning, I didn't lone wolf it. And I, I say that over and over again because most people, when they can't, get up in the when they're in pain, and they're in struggle, and they're totally stuck. We tend to just stay to ourselves. And we feel like we we can't, we can't reach out, we can't speak up until we get things figured out. And like, that was one of my recipes for staying moving forward was to reach out in my pain. I wrote, emails, because at, at that time, um, nobody blogged, you know, this was 2008. And there wasn't as many blogs. So I wrote emails every single day, kind of chronicling my pain. And I felt like that was like I was passing out a little piece of my pain to each person who read the email. And as they responded back with encouragement, and with insight, and with you've got this, or, you know, you know whatever they could offer as help, that was where my strength was. So, I, you know, I stayed down, and I, I even often asked myself, well, what was the alternative? What was the alternative when he walked out the door, to to not putting? I put my cabinet together like within forty eight hours. I knew I couldn't see this clearly, and that I needed some people around me. And thankfully, had uh, moms in the neighborhood that were. I mean, I felt like almost every one of them said our marriage is one fight away from this too like they could all they all knew that, that this could be any one of them where their life is looking really good going along busy busy and then all of a sudden uh, somebody you know pulls the rugged life out from under you so putting together a cabinet was uh i felt like one of the smartest things i did because i couldn't see life clearly without others
0: Yeah, I really do love the advice from your aunt, which was get a really good therapist because your (laughs) friends will get sick of listening to it. Because I mean, there is a time where like commiseration can be very like negative, right? Um, And so, and I'm I'm guessing from your personality type, like you created positivity. But if you could tell us about ingredients, I was just thinking about this as you were talking. Because you said, you know, first you had mentioned, oh, it took a couple of years, but you also acted quickly. If we had to create a recipe or add together some ingredients for healing, is time one of the big pieces? Like, is there any way around that, right? Because we always want to heal and improve things faster. Or does it just, I mean, are we just, is, do we always need the time? I, I, I see time and community as both ingredients, but I'm curious about your opinion about time.
1: Yes, I think time is important, but what is more
0: important
1: than an amount of time is to go through it instead of going around it. Mm. And when I would say to people, well, what would be the alternative, you know, to dealing with this instead of talking about it, writing emails about it, gathering a community? Well, everyone said the, the opposite of that would have been to pull the covers over your head and, you know, either... Drink or drugs or, or just sleep and just kind of check out of life. And you're right. My personality style is very transparent and I knew that I was going to be better with lots of other perspectives besides just mine. And I sat in the pain. I didn't try to go around it or pull the covers over it or drink it down. I literally sat in it and I feel like that's the way through pain and struggle is to move through it, not to go around it. And when you go, when you sit in it, then you deal with it, you feel all the feels, and you, you and that really actually like leads right into our topic of if, if we want to talk about personality styles, I think it was very naturally easy for me to ask for help. It's not a natural bent for more thinker and more analyzer type people who I'm the furthest from I'm the I'm the socializer I'm the promoter I'm the spontaneous and and, and outrageous the fun high energy person mm-hmm. but you know even though that we could say oh I used to think that was my greatest strength and it is at times to be you know to love communication and to be inspirational those things certainly have their they're good points, but where I am mo- more effective is when I flex into that personality style that's directly across from the socializer promoter um, is that thinker analyzer. So I needed people around me that could think of the details that were very dependable, that consistency was their game. And when you flex into a personality style, that's really Opposite year is like the one that's the most unnaturally you're bent. Like, this is not where you naturally go on your own. That's where. So much of effectiveness happens. So I there, love there you go. We started us on the yeah. No, I, I love it
0: because we're talking about opposites track. I want to um I want to put a couple flags in really quick. You were talking about going through it instead of around it, and it made me think of a quote that I my favorite quote from the conference we were both at. We went to the Rachel Holl- call uh, Rachel Hollis conference, and her mm-hmm. um, MC said, and I loved this, and I'll make it a little more PG. I think it was pretty PG the way it is. But she basically said, if you don't deal with your own crap, then people have to walk through it to get to you. And that's not really fair to them. And I just love that so much. And sometimes when I am thinking of a prickly person, I just think like, okay, they just have to deal. I don't have to walk through it to get to them because I want to be with them, but like they have to deal with their with their stuff around them. So so I think that like, you know, I imagined that visualization, someone trudging through it as, as you know, working through your own stuff or garbage. Um, And it doesn't surprise me that you've got the socialized or spontaneous, right? Because you assembled that cabinet in 48 hours, like that's so your personality type. So let's talk about personality types. I want to get back to life coaching if we have time later, but let's talk about personality types, which we've just dove into a little bit. First of all, how can a person knowing a personality to help type help you in understanding yourself? And like, what are some different types of personality tests? Let's like step back before we step in for a moment.
1: Yeah. I think why people should be interested in this, and they are. I mean, anybody that I've talked about this, like, people love to understand themselves more. It's, it allows us to love the people that are already in our lives at a, at a deeper level. My husband, who has more thinker analyzer in him, he also, and he's a five in the Enneagram, and that's one of the tests you can take. They, one of the things is they love to know the weather. They want to know all the intricacies of the weather that's coming and to be prepared. Well, I used to think like he is just out to sabotage all our outdoor plans because he's watching the weather. And once I realized that is just being a five, that's just being a thinker analyzer, that it is not him just trying to drive me crazy. So, and And same with my kids. Now that I know their personality style, it's kind of even like love languages. Like we could expand this conversation to be Enneagram, to be the DISC personality. It could be Strength Finders 2.0, which is beautiful. Um, Gretchen Rubin wrote a book, The Four Tendencies, which divides it into four different groups. I love one that's the operating systems, and I use a lot of the language that socializer promoter is one type another type directly opposite is the thinker analyzer. So we've talked about those two and then the other two is a real controller driver and then there's the supporter or a relator and so knowing who your people are knowing who your spouse is knowing who your kids are i know when i want to sell my husband on an going on vacation i don't just come in with a you know my sunglasses on and a bath. A, you know my bag full of swimsuits and and cheer him on with my hands over my head because he's like, oh my gosh, what idea is she up to now? He sort of rolls his eyes and doesn't even listen. But when I come in with a plan, because I know he's the thinker analyzer, and I show that this could be our budget and a potential itinerary. Like I have flexed into some more details and some results and just some more rigor something more exacting than just enthusiasm that I will land with him like he will be able to hear me and the chances of us going on this vacation goes way up when I show up in a more trustworthy way for him okay. so I think it's important because it it it, it helps us with relationships and gets us what what we want in life. It helps others get what they want in life.
0: Yeah, it helps you understand others. Like, instead of being frustrated because someone doesn't, you know, align with you, you understand their strengths. I You mentioned DISC, Strengths um, Strength Finder, StrengthsFinder, uh, Gretchen Rubins, Four Tendencies, Enneagram. You mentioned operating systems. Were you, I'm not familiar, like, do you mean can you say that again? Like, is that is that a type yeah. of, of personality test that I don't know about? <laughs> or are you saying you know,
1: something I, else? I, it's kind of my language for it. So I don't, I don't know if you Googled it, you would find anything. I've attended conferences, and that has been some of their language. So that is my language, not necessarily a book or a, a certain test that people can take. A lot of times when I talk about what's your operating system, just by describing them with a few key words, people know what they are without taking a test. Okay. And I like to talk about like what are, the, what are the strengths of each of these four operating systems. And then we all know that when we take those strengths and we kind of cross the line, that a real enthusiastic person that might be listening to this conversation, who especially if they aren't this kind of personality, they can go, wow, she can be full of crap she can she can um, talk a big game she can be a bit unrealistic she can even be a manipulator or cocky or superficial and so i love talking about uh, each of them as you know some real great strengths and then there are ways that when we cross the line we need to know what that is so that we can um you know be aware and be mindful.
0: I remember first doing strengths finder. I did it I think twice over the span of span of be at the very beginning and end of college. And I remember and mostly both times I took it it completely overlapped and I felt like I was just reading a story about myself right? When I would read about the the strengths. Um, So we want to talk about, we want to dive into some of this, some pieces of the personality types a little bit. Do you want to talk about it from your own language of operating systems? Or do you want to talk about it from Enneagram?
1: I can do either because no personality type is really better or worse than another. Each has its own strengths and weaknesses. For the listener, I'm guessing talking about four might be easier than nine. And they're, they're, it's just less complicated. Mm-hmm. Should we sure. go with simplicity?
0: Yeah, let's okay. go with simplicity. And then help us create some visuals because we're listening, right? And so, you know, and exactly like you just said, if there's only four types, that's yeah. a little bit easier. So go ahead and like try to paint us a picture. Walk us through so, personality types.
1: Yeah. So if you have a piece of paper and you're not driving, you could take um, even a napkin and just draw a, a cr- you know a cross. And in the upper left-hand corner, you can put socializer or promoter, whichever word you like. And the bottom right-hand corner could be the thinker and the analyzer. And we've talked about both of those. So then let's put in our other pieces. In the bottom left-hand is the controller slash the driver. And then in the top right corner, you could put the word supporter or relater. And let's let's jump into the controller driver because there's a lot of leaders and um, women who own their own business who are fall in this category. As you can guess, they're direct and they're assertive. They're confident women that are just natural leaders. They say what they think and they're really committed to their cause. And they're they're pretty results oriented. You invite them out and they want to know what's the agenda. They don't come to a meeting without knowing what the agenda is. They are the doers in life. They make things happen. But of course, when you cross the line, they can be stubborn. They're always right. They're bossy. And sometimes they even blame others. It's super hard for for controller drivers to even take a day off. And, um, you, you know, just describe my seven year
0: old. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. Yes, it's
1: so cool to to know. I've got a couple, I have four kids, and two of them are in the controller driver. And you never have to ask that child, what do you want to do today or or for their opinion, because they offer it. Who I need to ask their opinion, so let's go to the, the one that's directly across from controller driver, is a supporter or a relater. They are the sweetest, the kindest, the most compassionate, gentle sensitive people on the planet. And they're just easy to be with. I'm married to one of these, to, to a supporter, and I have one kid who's a supporter. And you often need to say, what do you think? Because the controller driver kids will insert their opinion regardless. They will be heard and they will be seen. But the supporter, the relator, they're so open and loving that they often give up their own Uh, priorities for others because they're just, those people are louder in life. Now, those people don't come without some weaknesses as well. They can be very sacrificial and almost martyr-like. They can be a doormat and they can be a victim and they just don't ask for what they need. They sometimes don't take risks. So there's there's weaknesses and there's beautiful strengths. But I think once you kind of know like, oh, do I fall into that you know, that real fun, spontaneous socializer promoter or again, directly across that is that thinker analyzer and they more, um, you know, focus on, on details and dependable, consistent. I don't know if we talked about the weaknesses of the thinker, the analyzer.
0: Well, I'm I'm still stuck on controller, driver, and supporter relator because is anyone else assigning a person in their life to these roles? Because I'm over here like, oh, this is why my daughter and my mother-in-law get along so well because they're just polar opposites right there. And so they just, like, right. jive right there. So I was, right. I'm over where here, you, like, stuck where do in you that think brain. think you would – Well, I'm not sure yet because tell me more about socializer promoter and thinker analyzer because actually, um, I feel like I could be any of the left column or the bottom, right. I'm definitely not the supporter relater Mm -hmm. always. Like I do like to relate to people, but I'm not, I don't fall on those other pieces. So talk to me more about thinker analyzer and socializer promoter. Tell us, like describe these people to us.
1: You bet. The socializer promoter is that fun, spontaneous, passionate. I've even been called outrageous. We are the risk takers. We kind of feed off adrenaline. We're often creative and charismatic. I I have always said, I love to be your cheerleader. But of course, that's when taken over the line. We talk a really big game and we can start with a lot of passion, but not ever finish any projects. Um, We have zero completion, right? We're good starters, not finishers. And they can, you know, I mentioned, can can be full of crap or even fake. You can almost be irresponsible Mm -hmm. with being that socializer promoter. Heck of a lot of fun, but don't always get all the work done. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have an assistant who has been with me for nearly 20 years who is a thinker, analyzer, and I'm so lucky and blessed. But, boy, we don't see the world the same. Like, I'll create an event. And I'll have all these ideas for it. And she'll say, okay, now what's the date and what's the time? And I'll be like, oh, let's we'll tell them that later. And she's like, no, people need to know that now best. So everybody needs that is a socializer promoter needs a thinker analyzer. Let's talk about some of their characteristics. They are loyal and trustworthy. Rigor is their name. And rigor just means they have really good completion energy. What they start, they are finish. They finish, and these are the greatest people to hire for people who have big ideas but aren't good at completion. Because people can be hired for that exacting and that precision, and whatever they do, they do what they say they're going to do, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, now, thinker analyzers have some weaknesses too, as they all do. They can be uh, a bit robotic. You know, they can sometimes uh, avoid um, avoid leadership, and kind of they hate to be exposed. They hate to be too much fun. They like to kind of fly under the radar. Actually, they hold themselves back a bit. They hate failure, and like we all do. But it's really devastating to this group. They just fear making a wrong decision and hate to look bad. And sometimes thinker-analyzer people, I I say this with so much love in my heart, as Rachel Hollis would say, it can be the boring people. They are real thinkers. In fact, if you ask a thinker-analyzer a question and they say they need to think about it, you have to put a deadline on their thinking, or they will think forever. Mm. So, which one are you? What do you think?
0: Well, I feel like you can pull a trait from anywhere. I think I'm the socializer promoter. Let me, let me ask you first. Um, and it's hard to be one of four, right? Because that's not very many options, is it? Because you're like, oh, I kind of resonate with that trait and that trait and that trait. I want to be a little bit of everybody. And
1: we're really we're really all of them. We are right. all all of them. We have more of one in us. And then we have a really close second hmm.
0: So my question for you is, as I'm looking at my little chart here and I've got I'll just paint it again for people top right supporter relater. You have to ask them for their opinion. Sensitive people, easy to be with, open, sacrificial, more mart- you know, can be a victim. Um, underneath that, bottom right thinker analyzer um, likes the date and the time. They're loyal and trustworthy, and they finish things that they start. They don't. They, failure is very devastating. On the left side, top left socializer promoter, spontaneous, outrageous, creative, charismatic, loves to start things and not finish them. Um, can sometimes be irresponsible for this reason. Bottom left controller driver direct communicator results oriented oriented um always comes with an agenda stubborn bossy um always has an opinion my question is would a socializer promoter um have friction or with the person below them or vice versa or like on supporter or later the one over the top of them because we say that you know opposite like if we're going diagonal like those are Mm -hmm. your opposites and you complement each other so what if they're kind of like right over the line does that not matter (laughs)
1: Um, a lot of us. So I'm the socializer promoter, and I have quite a bit of supporter in me as well. I want to help people. Mm-hmm. My third one is the one right below socializer promoter, which has some controller driver. It's why I've run my own business for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves that bottom right hand corner thinker as my least one, like it barely shows up on the, on the radar scale. So the Wherever you are, the ones right next door, whether it's to the left or right or to the bottom top, are also yours. I always say Jesus would be like right in the middle. And that is, whether you're a faithful person or not, it's like that's who we strive to be, is so in the, in the bullseye between these. So that when we walk into a party, when we show up as, um, at, a, at any event, that no one would really know our operating style because we can be a really good listener, a generous listener, and we can tell interesting, fun stories, you know, instead of just showing up off the charts yourself to actually try to flex into all of them. And then I hope this lands with everybody because it's kind of a, if, if you can grab this concept, it's so beautiful, but it can be taken wrong too, is that, once you have kind of read your room or read the audience, then you get to flex in to the, to their style. It's like I was sharing about my husband if I wanted to go on vacation. I don't want to be someone else than I am, but I know I will stand better when I can bring a few more, be more results-oriented, get my feet down on the ground, not stay up in the clouds. You know, when you can figure out, like, what the audience, what the room, read the room, then you are really positioned to leverage the room to match people's energy to show up in a way that's authentic to you, but also is the most effective for you. What are you hearing me say?
0: I like that because I used to call this being a chameleon, being able to adapt to any situation. And that was actually one of my strength finders thing. Maybe that's why I had a hard time choosing one here. I I didn't really have a hard time choosing one, but I was like, oh, but I actually have some of that other one too. Um, So because I feel like over time, I've always been very adaptable to, you know, I feel like I can hang out with a lot of personality types, but there's some that I enjoy more than others, right? But it's being the chameleon or, or or being able to, as you said, read the audience. I like how I think a good takeaway here is also know who you are and be comfortable with where you are. But look at what is not like you if you want to learn where to grow or improve because – People, so where I am, where I resonate the least with is the supporter and the relater, And I feel like those are such positive traits that I want to be a better listener. Right. So I want to I want to strive to do those things so I can look at this as a thing to help me work on some skills as well. Right. Not only as to look at the strengths, but to look at weaknesses and turn them into a positive thing. Like it doesn't we don't have to look at it like a weakness, like, oh, I'm stuck like that. It's like I can become a better listener. I can become a more supportive and open and sacrificial person. Right.
1: And, really, and what I hear you saying is just being curious about others. Mm-hmm. Again, I used to be saying, you know, like, oh, my energy and my enthusiasm is like my selling point. Well, it's a selling point at certain times in my life. Like a salesperson, a lot of people in sales are socialized promoters. So we can flex into ourselves. So our natural bend, when we need to, you know, I'm thinking like a pharmaceutical rep, you know, somebody who gets to come in and warm up the receptionist and try to get to the doctors and try to get your product and your message across. It's, it's actually more, it works better when you've got some of that um, inspiration and love of people and love to communicate I have a neighbor who says, Beth, you could sell ice to an Eskimo. You could sell, oh, she even said dead kittens. I'm like, that's a terrible thing to say. But that, so as long as we're in careers or in roles that really allow some of our natural bent to shine. But like you said, it's it's when we can flex into those. And when my assistant says, Beth, what's the date? How many hours is the training? What's the location? Like all those details, I get to land better with people I will I will land with people that are thinkers and analyzers, more so when I show up, you know, in a more, um, you know, in a in a thinker analyzer role instead of just staying and and only operating in my own system.
0: I love it. You're very perceptive because if I could use that's that should be on my like top three words to describe me. Very curious. Really likes mm-hmm. learning, <laughs> very very curious, yeah. like naturally curious about people and their stories and whatever. Which is why we're here on this podcast. I because was going to say that's why you're, yeah, yes, that's why you're an excellent
1: interviewer. You're curious, you want to know, and you're letting me shine to your guests, to your listeners, to serve them. And so I'm guessing you have a lot of controller driver in you too. Being, uh, you know, you're a doer and you're independent and you you like to get results and even just planning our time together you have been very confident and natural in how you're doing it so super fun to to talk about personality styles to just help people understand themselves better
0: right exactly and this is why it's fun to do multiple once you kind of and as you said I think people like this I guess I don't know people who don't like this because it's fun to discover things about yourself and doing other personality tests is, is a great time too because when you just said I am Enneagram three. And so that is very results oriented. Um, So even though I like to start things and sometimes not finish them at the same time, I'm extremely results oriented, which is like hilarious how those can coexist, but they coexist very, very strongly. Anyway, it's kind of funny, Beth, if you could leave people with one takeaway to start improving life now, what would you leave them with? I mean, this is your jam.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I'm working on being present. And so I guess the nugget I love that it's the thing I'm lamenting on. It's what's my sticky note on my computer is life is normal. Be happy for this moment because this moment is your life. And so many people look way down the road till after kids go back to school or till the summer's over or can't wait for vacation Life is now. Be happy for this moment because this moment is your life.
0: I love it. I love it. I feel like we could talk about that for a little bit longer, but we're going to let it roll. (laughs) We're going to let it simmer. Beth, where can people find you online? I'm
1: on Facebook, um, Beth Montpass Life Coach, and I have my website, BethMontpass.com. and I love to work with women who want to design their best life.
0: I love it. Thanks so much for joining us today and make sure you go check out Beth. Oh, she also has a thing on her website. It says, I don't know if it's a handout, if it's a, if it's a video, whatever it is, it's five steps to get a way better life. So go check that out bethmonpass.com. Thank you for having me.